0: Giants fans, we are back for another episode of the Blue Rush Preview, the New York Post Giants football podcast, the 7-4 Giants hosting the 7-5 and five Washington Commanders at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. It's a meaningful game in December, so we're going to give you guys some meaningful content and definitely some meaningful insight. I'm going into the locker room, and I'll talk to left tackle Andrew Thomas, who's having himself a heck of a year. For Know Your Enemy, we've got D.C. sports reporter Kelsey Nicole Nelson, and she's going to give us her commander's game plan. But before we get into all that, let's bring out the squad, because they're back too. He writes, you read. He's Giants beat writer, Paul Paul Schwartz, and he's here. And the man who kicked the Giants into two Super Bowls and got two of them things, two of them rings. And you can see both the trophies in the back. He's Lawrence Tynes. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time,
1: the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: Paul, we didn't get the memo that we had to get super snazzy. We got, we, we got, uh, we got outdressed by the kicker for this one. You know it's a big game when the kicker comes with that fire, baby. <laughs> Well, I don't think we got outdressed by the kicker. I think I got outdressed
1: by the kicker. Brandon, you're looking sharp. I mean, wait, you have a that red, uh, you know, little pocket square there. Lawrence, let me see yours there. Let me see. Is that built in or is that is that something? That's a in built or in, or Paul. This is there? not
2: folded. Listen, you got to take advantage of the common day suits that just put them in there. This is old, actually. I've had this for many years, but I don't get to play yeah. games and dress up anymore. So when I talk about football... I like to look nice. And as the great Brian Dable said this week, the season starts right now. Mm. So – I am attaching significance to game day, Very as nice. Coach Coughlin would say.
0: All right, before we get into talking about the season starting right now, I just got to be honest with you guys. I got one of those little things that built you in? you put the you put oh, the wow. pocket square in and then you just drop <laughs> ah. it in to make it look, look. Hey, we're balling on the budget right here, it's baby. an
2: advertisement, Brandon. Make sure they pay
0: you for that next time. <laughs> hey, yeah. we got to get the Blue Rush podcast uh, sponsored by these guys. But you're talking about the season starting right now. We're talking about stopping the bleeding. Paul, I'm going to go to you first on this one. The Giants lost the last two. Still confidence in the locker room. How are you feeling about this team going into this matchup against the Washington Commanders who have won six out of seven? Go in with your thoughts. I feel pretty good about the Giants right now. They are rested. They've lost two
1: in a row. I get it. There, there are cyclical natures to the season. I get that. Commanders are on a big roll. I get that. The Giants are getting healthy. I really, I, you know, I dig that for them. That's a good thing. And, you know, who says that being the commanders at MetLife Stadium is mission impossible? I don't see it. I mean, the commanders are playing really well. But, um, you know, they got they got a, a funk, a spunky quarterback. We'll get into that. But the Giants are getting healthier. They're ready for this. I think their, their head coach is, is, is a first timer. But he's mature. I think they're ready to roll. You know, I feel good about their chances on Sunday. I think it's going to be a nice
0: early December game uh, weather wise. And I think they're going to play well. Times a lot of Giants fans are nervous about this one. I mean, social media is just blowing up. How, what are your thoughts going into this week?
2: Playing a team, it's a tale of two seasons, right? It's the Carson Wentz commanders Mm -hmm. versus the Taylor Heineke uh, commanders. And quite frankly, they played better under Heineke, but the whole team has played better. This is not just a Taylor Heineke type of led resurgence of the commanders. The Giants are healthy, right? We can contribute last week's loss to health. They were in that game, obviously had a lot of starters out. They're getting healthy at the right time. It seems like there's five, six, seven guys coming back off the injury report. So the Giants are going to have their hands full. But listen, these are the games you want to play in, meaningful games, tough games. This is going to be a tough football game against a great football team. Ron Rivera is a great coach, always about defense with his teams, and they're playing great defense. So uh, Giants Nation should be on edge, right? That's what you want to feel as a fan right now. Your team is in it. So I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be tough, but anything worth having, as Coach Coughlin said, Should be
0: tough. I gotta admit, guys, I'm a little conflicted on this one with with, with the emotions. I try and be media and and take my uh, emotions away when talking about Giants football and what I feel about them. But, I mean, we're talking about a Washington Commanders team. Again, six out of seven. They're gelling. At the right time, November, December, January is when you want to be playing your best football. And I understand the Heineke madness. Everyone, he's not doing much, but he is doing enough. And when it comes to this, this, this Washington Commanders team, they're not flashy, but they're functional. And that's the part that makes me so nervous. As a, if if I was to be a Giants fan going into this game, because they're pulling out wins down the stretch. Could this be, and I'm Paul. This question is for you. Could this be too much pressure on this Giants team when you're talking about they've lost two straight? Now you're playing against a Washington team that's hot right now. You're at home in front of Giants fans who want to see a a great product, especially they want to see better product than what they saw at the last home game against the Detroit Lions. Could this be too much pressure on this team, Lawrence? You've been quoting your uh, late, your, your your former
1: coach Tom Coughlin. What does he say about pressure?
2: It's a privilege.
1: Okay. Thank yeah, you. This right. is a, this is a, no. It is not too much pressure. I mean, this is not a, a, a bunch of freshmen in, in in college here going out to play. These are the New York Football Giants. They have Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, everyone talks about, and we'll talk about the Commanders with their four. First round picks on the defensive line. Last I checked, how many do the Giants have? Dexter Lawrence, first round pick. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's a front guy. He's a first round pick. Leonard Williams, first round pick. That's three. That's not bad. You know, why can't this defensive front play as well or better than the commanders? No, Daniel Jones is healthy. He's not wearing any braces anymore. I think he feels better. And I think that means he's going to run more in this game. I really do to escape that pressure. I don't think this is too much for this team. Am I guaranteeing they're going to win? No. But I just think this game is being portrayed too much of this is not the Washington franchise from Joe Gibbs and Joe Theismann here. This is a team that is playing very well. Do we think the Commanders are going to win 12 or 13 games this year? You know, they're going to hit their mark. And I think this week is when they hit their mark. I feel good about the Giants. I really do.
0: So telling the fan base R E L A X Relax. relax no, no, going don't into don't relax. Day. Don't relax.
1: Be <laughs> into it. No, no, be into it. I mean, you know what? Look, for the last five years, they've been relaxed and they've been scouting the college bowl games for the guys they're going to draft with their first round. Don't relax. Be anxiety-ridden. Be into it. That's what
0: December's for. But don't panic and think your team can't do it. I mean, I I just don't see that. When you're talking no. about the, the three first-round draft picks that the Giants have in their defensive line, they also have a second-round draft pick at defensive end or edge rusher that's coming back. Yep. He's one of the big names that are going to return. Aziz Ojalari. Are we going to put too much pressure on him for his first game back? Like, what, what are we expecting from him? And can you talk to us about some of the big names that are also returning for this matchup before we get into talking uh, to our special guests on the podcast this week? Look, there's a, there's a lot of guys coming back. You know, do I think Ojalari is going to have three sacks in his first game
1: back? He's only played two games this year. No, he needs to get out of the game healthy. He needs to make some plays. And he needs to open things up a little bit to be a force for Kayvon, who is coming off his best game. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he had pressures all over the place, you know, in, in, in Dallas, um, you know, against a pretty good offensive line. So, um, you know, Kayvon is trending up. If Ojolari is there, it only helps. The offense is getting better. Evan Neal, last time I checked, when they were running the ball well, Evan Neal was playing right tackle. He's back. I expect him to hit the ground running. I talked to Daniel you know, Bellinger in the locker room. Now, he's a little, you know, Lawrence, you, you could speak to this, I'm sure. Daniel Bellinger admitted, not even that he's hesitant, but he had a really good practice on Tuesday. They had a full pads practice, and he said, I got knocked around a bunch And that helped him. He needed to get knocked around. You know, I mean, that's an eye injury. He's got to get his head jostled. He showed me his visor. It's kind of like a pinkish little tint to it. He said they're experimenting. This is supposed to help with the glare and things. I said, do you like the way it looks? He kind of laughed, you know, and, you know, he's not one of those guys who wants to wear one of those black visors and look like a tough guy. He's a good run blocker, you know, and they missed his run blocking. So he's coming back. Uh, that's two big pieces on offense. I don't know if Ben Bredesen's going to make it and we can talk about what that means. Hello, Nick Gates at left guard possibly, but um, Lawrence, don't you think it just injects confidence into a locker room when you see reinforcements coming back? Well, you know, this is a big thing.
2: It's a huge thing. And, and him coming back, I think the one misconception about Bellinger was that he is a great run blocker. I mean, he, mm-hmm. it's one thing people didn't put next to his name because obviously he's made some catches Aziz Adjelari coming back, I don't think you can underestimate that. This guy was supposed to have a breakout season after an eight-sack rookie campaign. So I'm excited to see Aziz coming back. You know, I made the comparison last night versus him and Chase Young just in a random tweet I sent out. But, guys, he has nine sacks. Chase Young has nine sacks and just about the same amount of games. They've both kind of been injured. So I'm really looking forward to it. If, if Washington can look forward to Chase Young coming back, the Giants fans can certainly look forward to Aziz coming back and being healthy and, you know, being a tandem uh, pass rusher with Kayvon Thibodeau because they're going to need it. You know, the Giants have played two of the best offensive lines in terms of sacks this year. The Cowboys twice, the Lions once. So they've played against good offensive lines. And after seeing what Kayvon was able to do against that offensive line, certainly, you know, he didn't get home as much as you'd like him to. But I'm excited to see them. They're going to be rested and are excited this is a division game. Those add the excitement and they're playing meaningful football. I mean, they, I don't think you can ever underestimate what that feels like in the locker room in December. You're going to be hurt. Everyone's sore. You're banged up, but you still
0: get a little extra boost knowing everything we want to do is right in front of us. All these healthy giants coming back. It's like that episode of uh, Game of Thrones where Jon Snow was standing there and they had that whole rush coming at him. And I'm like, man, Jon Snow's about to die again. Then all of a sudden, here came the Calvary. You know, they came out. No, I forget what episode. Well, I think Battle of the Bastards. I can't remember. Too many but it of was, them. It was a great, great uh, episode. Well, I had a chance to speak to a guy who's having himself a great season, arguably the best Giants player this season. I went into the locker room, spoke with left tackle Andrew Thomas. This week for the Blue Rush preview, we've got some in-locker room access. I'm here with offensive tackle Andrew Thomas. Andrew, I mean, you guys, 10-day break, or 10 days in between the, uh, two games, playing against the Washington team. It's won six out of seven. Mm-hmm. Their second straight three-game win streak mm-hmm. mindset. Or I know it's cliche, but what's the mindset around this team right now?
3: Now, we're excited. Um, okay. Divisional opponent, um, both you know have winning records. Um, we're excited for it. They have a dominant front. Um, you know, first round traffic's all over the the D-line. So we're excited for it. We know they're going to come in. They're on the hot street, and we're looking to bounce back. Um, So we're, we're looking forward to it. Let's talk about that. That defensive front, like you said, four
0: first rounders on that uh defensive line. Mm-hmm. Take us into the meeting room when you guys are talking, take us take us into the terminology, the schemes that you guys are that you guys use.
3: What's it going to take to be effective against that defensive front? Yeah, they're a penetrating um defensive front, especially on the interior. They're trying to get the gaps um, as fast as they can, but um some of their D tackles play a little bit different, um just the way they play, you know, down blocks and stuff like that. So we just have to key in on that and then on the edge, you know. They got length, they're athletic, um, they're powerful, they try to set the edge, So we got to do a good job of getting movement and um, holding up in the passing game. We just came off of
0: playing a team that has a pretty strong defensive front themselves with the Dallas Cowboys. What makes the
3: Washington Commanders' defensive front different than the Cowboys? Yeah, it's different. Um, the Cowboys, they do a lot more um, like scheme pressures and um, different five-man games and stuff like that to, to free up their, their rushers. Um, I think... Um, Washington, their interior defensive line is really good, as well as the outside guys. So it's not really a weak link. You just got to uh, be prepared for all of it. And they play physical, so we have to be ready for that as well.
0: we are playing against a physical team like that, it's out that the way to stop the Giants offense, people are saying to stop 26, load the box against 26 to, to kind of neutralize what you guys do so
3: well. Mm-hmm. Going into this game, how do you get 26 going? Uh, it just starts with execution, uh, making sure we're getting a hat on the hat. Um, we understand the mic points who we're going to and just open up holes. at the end of the day run game is just being the man across from you and that's as simple as it is um, It's not easy to do so we're just working every day to you know Make sure our technique is right and allow two six to make some plays You're having yourself career year. I mean you've each week you're
0: seeing the great the, the best graded offensive tackle, PFF, or wherever it is, it, it's you. It's your name that continues to come up. I mean, what are you saying to yourself? I mean, like, we're in the back half of the season. Yeah. You're telling yourself to turn it up. You just keep doing what you're doing. Like, what conversations are you having yourself in
3: terms of getting the greatness? Yeah, i um, never complacent. Um, coming off a tough game, um, you know, last week, Thursday night. So I'm just working to get better every day. Always looking to improve my my, um, my game every regards of technique and physicality like just trying to get better each and every week because that my position I'm playing against the best every week so um, I can never get complacent in regards of what the media is saying I got to continue to work continue to try to get better. All right. Andrew Thomas good luck on Sunday. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that, At. Not a not a man of many words, but a man of great insight. I thank him for talking about that insight, especially when we're talking about the Washington Commanders' defensive line. Let's get straight into our key matchups, and we're going to start with this one. I'm going to you, Tynes, on it. The Washington defensive line versus the New York Giants' offensive line is the battle. Since we're in Game of Thrones today, it's going to be the battle of the day on Sunday. Let's go right into your thoughts on who needs to play well, who needs to be stopped. And uh, how can the Giants get the run game going against this commander's D-line?
2: Yeah, well, the uh, the law firm of Allen, Payne, Sweat, and Young is coming into <laughs> MetLife Stadium. These guys, these four first-rounders, Payne in the middle is a pain in the you-know-what. I mean, these guys are great football players, but it's not guys that the Giants haven't seen. They've played against these guys. They've been there for four or five years. Some of them, obviously, Chase Young has not played in the last year, but... He's coming back. People are familiar with him. Listen, the interior of this deep offensive line is going to have to play their best game because those are the disruptive disruptive forces, excuse me, Payne and Allen. Those two interior guys, they get a ton of pressure, tackles for loss. They just can, can mess up a football game for you. So the Giants are going to have to be really strong up the middle. Let Evan Neal handle the right side. Let Andrew Thomas take care of Sweater Young or whoever's over there. They don't blitz a lot. So it's really man versus man. Who's the toughest? Who's got the best technique and who's running the best plays? And and the Giants are going to have to, if those two guys wreck the game, the Giants will lose. If Payne and Allen get a couple sacks and TFLs, the Giants will lose.
1: Payne and Allen have combined for 76 pressures and 13 sacks. It's crazy. So, and it's crazy, right? Look, you. it's always interesting. Where does a team spend its money, right? Where does it invest? This team invested in the defensive line. It is I mean, it's paid off with good defense. It hasn't paid off with a lot of playoff appearances and things like that. But what have we always said about this Giants offensive line? There's a vulnerability on the interior. And this week, it looks like Feliciano will be back at center. Glowinski will be at right guard. And it looks like Nick Gates is going to be at left guard. Um, I don't think Brederson is going to be available. Josh Izuda was not going to be available. So, I mean, that is a real pivotal situation for the Giants. I mean, Nick Gates has started a couple of games at guard. He's been mostly a center. He played every snap at center in Dallas, did some good things, had some things that I think he needed to knock the rust off. Is he ready for this? You know, is a, is a um, law firm, you mentioned the, uh, the Washington defensive line law firm, you know, is this offensive line interior law firm of Glowinski, Feliciano and Gates ready for this? It's going to be a big challenge. And, uh, you know, having Gates in there for every snap at guard, he just won the Ed Block Courage Award, right? And we know when he came back from... With that shattered leg. But this is a lot to ask and um, I don't think they would ask it unless they were desperate and the Giants seem desperate in the interior here.
0: Well, these two law firms are going to have their chance to ballot it out in court or in trial on Sunday because, I mean, if you think about it, when it comes to the Giants they have to win this trial or they have to win this game, this Giants offensive line in this matchup. When you talk about what they do well, they run the ball Saquon Barkley and the Giants four losses on three or four of those losses under a 100- hundred... Yards rushing total for the team when it um, in those three losses. The the one where they did week three against the Cowboys that ran for a buck sixty-seven, but still caught that L. So it's going to be the matchup I think that people are, are, are watching, whether it's the TV pundits or whomever. But I think the, the the matchup, and I'm going into the next uh topic, the matchup that I think is the most underrated. Is the Giants' secondary versus these commanders' receivers? I mean, we're talking scary Terry McLaurin. We're talking Jahan Dotson, who has only played in seven games this season, but the man's a walking big play. And I think the guy that people don't talk about enough, the X factor, the utility guy, Curtis Samuel. So when we're talking about a Jackson being hurt, is Fabian Moreau going to come back? Uh, Xavier McKinney is still out. This is going to be on the Giants' defensive line to create some sort of pressure to help out on the back end. Times, I think about it when it comes, I think about it and I liken it and compare it to the Giants' defensive line in 2007. The secondary with Webby, uh, Sam Madison, James Butler, Jabril Wilson, uh, Doc, Kevin Dockery. It was good secondary. Good secondary, but I wouldn't say people wouldn't call that a great secondary. They got pressure with that defensive line. So I think it's going to be a game where the Giants' defensive line has to have a strong game. But when it comes to this secondary, you're playing against a receiving core that are, I think, overall better than the Cowboys' receiving core. Yeah. So I, this is going to be a huge game for the secondary. Paul, I'm going to go to you first. Who do you think needs to step up, or how do you see the Giants' secondary matching up against these commanders' receivers? You know, it's
1: funny. I've been talking about how bullish I am on the Giants, and now we're talking about the matchups, and I'm not liking them. So <laughs> that, 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 that's uh, disconcerting to me. Fabian Moreau, I think, is going to be back, and Fabian right. Moreau was a guy who they picked up, you know, at the start of the season and put him on the practice squad, and now he is the guy that's got to come back and be – the number one cornerback, um, you know, Dory Jackson, is not ready to come back yet. Aaron Robinson might not play again this year. So, look, it's going to be it's going to be the, the 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 crew, right? It's going to be Nick McLeod, and it's going to be Fabian Moreau, and um, you know, uh, I don't know who else. It's going to be just a bunch of guys who are going to who are going to fight and claw. Uh, Cordell Flott, I think, is going to be activated off the uh, out of the concussion protocol. Um, look, guys, one thing: I saw Xavier McKinney in the locker room. Right. And he's got his hand, his left hand, it's bandaged up a lot. You know, it doesn't look, you know, his fingers and everything, it looks kind of all bent. Um, I can't see through that padding and things, but he's not coming back anytime soon. So, you know, there's no cavalry charge there at all um, with, with him coming back anytime soon. Uh, it's a tough matchup, and um, Julian Love is going to have to play uh, eat his wheeze and uh, help out a lot of things. And you're right, they have to get a lot of pressure up front. There's no question about it. They got to bat down some of those Taylor Heineke passes. He's six foot one. They got to get their hands up and knock those balls down.
2: This wide receiver, of course, should not scare us. You respect all, fear none, but. Fabian Moreau's obviously seen McLaurin a lot, right? They were, I think they were almost drafted together. They've practiced against each other. So that's actually a really good matchup for us. He's a great player. He's going to make his plays. But at the end of the day, the, the commanders are only throwing it for 180 yards a game, guys, since Heineke's come in. What they've done best is run the football. They're running it for almost 150 yards since Heineke's taken over. They're plus five in scoring since Heineke's taken over. They're minus five in points given up. And they're plus five in turnovers. They've gotten 11 turnovers since Heineke's taken over. So this whole team has played better. Taylor Heineke's a cool story. I think he's a good player. I think he's fun. But I wouldn't say that he's someone that can just come in and and dominate you. The Giants just need to get after the quarterback. Like, if the Giants can get after the quarterback, it makes everyone else play better, the secondary and everything else. It's going to be up to the D-line. This game is going to be won in the trenches, guys, on both sides of the football. I think our O-line is better than their O-line. Quite frankly, I think their D-line is better than our D-line, but who's going to play better? That's what it's going to come down to. This game will be won in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I don't think there's going to be big explosive plays in either phase, running, or passing. Uh, I just think it's a typical NFC's matchup, low-scoring type of game. In the most physical team, And whoever can get after the quarterback and obviously turnovers, we know when the Giants turn the ball over, they lose. That's who's going to win the game. So just a classic NFC East matchup.
0: Giants are going to have to get after Heineke, this commander's offense. I read this stat and it blew my mind because the commanders lead the NFC in 25-yard-plus receptions with 22 on the year. So they can make the they can make the big play, and again, scary Terry has been with all types of all types of quarterbacks. He's one of those guys. He's a walking one thousand yard uh, re- receiver. But I just think that Jahan Dotson is going to be the X factor. A guy that matchup, whoever matches up against him is somebody we have to keep an eye on because remember, he had a lot of his success earlier in the year with Carson Wentz. He's just, and then he got hurt. So now he's coming back, getting acclimated to the offense, but he's also getting acclimated to uh, Taylor Heineke. And let's go into Heineke because I think I think this dude's overhyped. You know I respect them. I respect the story. Old Dominion University. Shout out to uh, vir- shout out to Virginia. But if you think about it, Carson Wentz—they've both played in six games. Carson Wentz still leads the team in passing yards. Carson Wentz—the one thing that Heineke doesn't do—he doesn't get sacks. Carson Wentz was sacked 23 times compared to Heineke's nine. But he—Carson Wentz threw 10 mm. touchdowns to six interceptions. Heineke only has seven to five. I think the biggest thing is attempts. Carson Wentz threw 232 times. Heineke's throwing 171. And that's because they are running the ball. They are doing a great job running the ball, controlling the clock. Again, they lead the NFC in time of possession as well. So while we get on, I think we get on Zach Wilson and we get on some of these quarterbacks, Tyler Heineke's numbers are still, Taylor Heineke's numbers are still pretty much the same. I just don't want to see none of that madness at MetLife. No Taylor Heineke madness at MetLife. When we talk about the way the secondary played. Times we talked about it on the after show, the Giants secondary played the Cowboys receivers pretty tough. They did a pretty good job. I think the difference in this and the Giants defensive line was getting pressure on Dak. The biggest thing is that Dak can throw the ball under pressure. Heineke is not one of those guys who's going to deliver that ball uh, uh, under pressure, under duress. So uh, do you see Heineke Madness going down at MetLife on Sunday. He's a fun player. Listen, I respect the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah, we do. But
2: having said that, he will throw the ball up in the air. So Mm -hmm. the Giants are going to have to make a play on the ball at some point in the game. I don't know when it's going to happen, but he's going to throw you one or two. You better make a play because this game is going to come down to turnovers and running the football. I don't think it's going to be a big passing game for either team. The team that runs the ball the best is going to win this football game, and that's the thing that Washington has done well since he's came in. They were running for about 90 yards per game, 95 yards a game with Wentz at quarterback. They're at about 150 a game with Heineke. That's a big change in, in kind of scheme, right? So when any team can run the football, it makes the quarterback play better. So that's why Heineke has done well. Team, The players love him. But this whole Washington football team, guys, is playing good football from week six on. So I know everyone likes to say it's Heineke, 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 and Carson Wentz stinks, it's not, that's not the case. It's no. just the whole team has played better in every phase. Oh, by the way, just throw this little nugget in it. Joey Sly, NFC special teams player of the month this month. So got a great kicker too, a great punter. Let's not forget about the special teams, guys.
0: Paul, final thoughts on Heineke Madness. And then we're going to go into Mike Kafka. Cause I, I, we've got thoughts on Kafka versus Del Rio. Uh, final thoughts on Heineke.
1: Well, the one thing, Lawrence, when you mentioned special teams, um, um, I always remember when Tom Coughlin would get up there and he would uh, give us the rundown of the every, you know, 40 of the 50 guys on the roster, basically. And he'd say, and of course, the left footed punter, Tress Way, who's still the left footed punter still for Washington. Tress still White, really he's good. really good. He's really good. And Joey Sly was with the Giants, you know, for a short time, actually. And they liked him. He had a big leg. A team needs a quarterback they can believe in. They believe in Taylor Heineke. That's all there is to it. His his, his quarterback rating was 82.7. Um, that's what his rating is as, you know, this year. Uh, five and one is a starter, I guess. He's doing good things. He's not a superstar. The team believes in him. And that is the first order of business. Uh, did they believe in Carson Wentz? I don't know. They were one and four right at the start of the season. So they believe in him. He's a field general. He's a feisty guy. You know, he runs a little bit, not a lot. But like I said, in in an um, early drill in practice on Wednesday, they were throwing up soccer balls, okay? Maybe it was the World Cup fever, and the defensive lineman had to get their hands <laughs> up, and as someone was pushing them back, they had to knock down a soccer ball. They got to knock down these footballs, not soccer mm-hmm. balls, on Sunday. Like I said, they got to get in the passing lanes with this guy. You got to take advantage of what he is not, which is tall, and um, you know make him throw it in and around you, and um, obviously – um, they gotta do a good good job on the run. Look, if the Giants can stop the run, Taylor Heineke, I don't think he's gonna beat him by throwing for 350 if. yards. If. If. Yeah. if, you said, Paul.
2: It's a big if they have not done it all season long. Correct.
0: So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And in the spirit of the World Cup, knocking down a soccer ball is considered a handball, you know. Um, but great drill for football. All right, here goes the final, final key matchup: Mike Kafka versus Jack Del Rio. How or what does Mike Kafka need to do to call what you would think is a successful game?
2: He's just going to have to get the run game going. That's it. I don't know how he's going to do it, how he's going to figure out against this, this defensive line, this front seven that, that Washington has. But if we can't run the ball, again, the Giants can't win. They don't have enough in the passing game. If they can run the football on Sunday, they have a chance. And like like Paul said earlier, they're rested. You're getting some guys back, some players back. Evan Neal's a tremendous run blocker. You're getting kind of, you know, a Nick Gates at guard and maybe Feliciano back at center. The Giants can't run the ball. I don't care who the front is. They shouldn't either. Yeah, there's there's great players all throughout this league. But the number one thing they're going to have to do is get the run game going. Because we've seen what that's done to this team the last two weeks when they can't run, guys. They lose. If you can't run the ball, especially this football team, they lose. He's just going to have to get creative a little bit, but still run your best plays, run the play. You ran seven times in a row against Jacksonville, right? Every team has a bread and butter run play left, right, same play left and right side, run that play, establish some dominance and and get going. But otherwise, you know, I I don't know. I, I think start, getting the running game going early, and see what happens. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a slugfest, guys. This is going to be a tough, tough game for both teams.
1: Look, I wrote earlier this week in the Post, um, you know, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they're healthy, right? They don't have contracts for next year. They need to play well. I mean, this is the stretch run, right? That's the quarterback and the star running back. And Daniel Jones, when I think of these games, sometimes I think, what stat am I going to look out after the game and say, that's it? And I think I'm going to look at, um, rushing yards allowed. That's a big thing for the Giants. And Daniel Jones, no. rushing yards. It's a big thing. He's got to run the ball. That is a part of this attack. He has not done it much lately. Um, they said he, uh, Daniel had some options against the Cowboys. they I don't think they thought that was a great matchup for them there. He's going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to make him another threat. Okay, He is going to have to soften up that defensive line they've got david mayo starting at inside linebacker okay remember him from the giants so if you yeah. can get outside yeah. contain here you can get outside the, that that front four there's going to be room to run daniel jones has got to do it then okay now he gets a 16 yard run now he puts it in saquon's belly is he going to keep it is he not going to keep it all of a sudden saquon butts it inside running off you know massive evan neal and he gets a 20 yard gain. they've got to do it okay that's This is the stretch run. There's no saving anybody. Daniel has got to use his legs. I think he can do it. He's healthier than he ever has been. He's rested. Run pass option, Daniel Jones. That's the way to go here.
0: I love that you said that because Marcus Mariola went, what, six for 49 uh, for the Falcons against the Commanders last game. Uh, He was gashing him early, but they made adjustments. And I want to see shots. I want to see some down-the-field shots. You know, you had that early completion to uh, D- uh, Darius Slayton against the Cowboys. Didn't throw the ball to him down the field in that second half. All right, so you've seen how the law firm of Tyne Shorts in London feels about this up-and-coming matchup on Sunday. It's time to see how the commanders feel about this game. I had the privilege to speak with D.C. sports expert Kelsey Nicole Nelson in this week's Know Your Enemy. I bet you didn't know the Commanders have won six out of seven and on their second three-game win streak heading into MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Giants fans, you got to know your enemy, so we're bringing in D.C. sports expert Kelsey Nicole Nelson to break down this key divisional matchup. That's got some huge playoff implications. Kelsey, let's get straight into it because four first-rounders on the D-line, this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches. So what makes the commander's D-line and defensive front so tough?
4: Well, first off, Brennan, thank you so much for having me. Though I took a little offense talking about enemy. I know I'm in enemy territory, but I come (laughs) friendly before the game, all right? We're friends before the game. But as you mentioned, (laughs) we're friends for now, Brennan. But as you mentioned, this defense is what needs to be talked about. This defense took a major turn after that primetime game against the Chicago Bears, which really began this Washington Commanders win streak. When you look at this defense now, you're looking at a defense that's eighth in yards allowed, tenth in points allowed. 10th in pass defense and 8th in run defense. And yes, a big reason why is that defensive front. So one of the reasons why, of course, Jonathan Allen, Captain Jonathan Allen, playing lights out of football, doing the job that needs to be done. You know, one of my favorite plays of the entire game, he takes down Marcus Mariota, helps him back up and says, hey, I like you a lot. After he just sacked him. And remember, this is a defense that was able to hold the Atlanta Falcons to a near 13 points and was really able to stop the Falcons going in that second half, was really able to help All right. the the Washington Commanders get that win. But then also, you know, we call them the dangerous duo here in Washington, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And let's remember Deron Payne playing on a contract year and he's playing like he wants that money. You know, that game-selling interception that Kendall Fuller got. A big reason why was because Deron Payne put those hands up, tipped that ball and then Kendall Fuller, he was able to clean up the rest of that and obviously secure that football. And then they're really making opportunities for other guys. You know, I know everybody wants to talk about the defensive front and we know how well they're playing. Montez Sweat, another guy that deserves recognition coming off the edge of that defensive front. Montez Sweat has been special and he continues to climb the franchise's all-time sack list, which is really exciting. He's also team leading um, in sacks, which I think is very exciting for this defense as well. If I'm if I'm Scott Turner, if I'm um, Jack Del real right now, I'm excited about what this defense has brought to the field. And then Taylor Heineke in his post-game interview, what did he say? He said, I'm thankful for that defense. I felt like we left points on the field, but that defense is really why Washington was able to beat the Atlanta Falcons. That's why they're sitting at that last place seat right now in the NFC as we look at playoff contention. And right now you have a red-hot Commanders team that's looking forward to playing the Giants on the road at MetLife Stadium. So lots to be excited about. And then also, let me just say the defensive front helping to open opportunities from other guys like James Smith Williams and Casey Tuchel. Jamin Davis, another guy that deserves recognition as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about that defensive front a lot, but I don't think a lot of people have been talking about the commander's run game. We're talking about a run game that racked up 176 yards with five different ball carries against the Falcons. So would you say that this is their identity on offense and how they've been so deadly running the rock.
4: Yeah, so Washington right now averaging 160.3 yards, folks, on the ground, and this win streak running in the football has helped Washington. That's fifth most in the NFL. You know, Philadelphia is getting all the credit, but hey, give us some credit down here in Washington, D.C. as well. And there's a reason, folks, why Brian Robinson Jr. wore that big hat after the game. He earned it over 100 yards in that game. You think about Brian Robinson's journey back to the football field after getting shot twice right here in Washington, D.C., a huge game for him. And, you know, we said Brian Robinson played grown man football that receiving touchdown he fought for it and obviously pro football focus also giving him credit as one of the league's best running back and he's continued to improve Antonio Gibson also helping to deliver in that Washington run game and Jonathan Williams as well and you know Washington plays great football when they're able to be dynamic on the offense so when you are able to take some stuff off of Taylor Heineke's back and run the football it's going to help as a whole because then you can do different things and defenses don't know how to prepare for you so that Washington run game is something to be very proud of in washington and i do think that's going to be a key to their success going forward now i know the giants is not going to be an easy test to do that against but if they can continue this momentum and help to control the time the time of possession on that clock that's what running the football is going to do which makes us all the more excited about what's really been screwing up here in washington but again brian smith Robin, brian robinson jr just that comeback story for him and he continues to push the envelope and of all You've got to like what you're seeing right now from Washington on this run game. And again, helping that offense just be more dynamic.
0: Yeah, Giants rely on their run game as well. But you mentioned the name, Taylor Heineke. The Giants can't afford Heineke. Madness at MetLife this Sunday. So his numbers, yeah. they aren't Pro Bowl worthy, but he's 5-1 and one as a starter. What is t- Taylor Heineke, I keep saying Tyler, what is Taylor Heineke <laughs> doing or even not doing to keep winning games?
4: Don't worry about calling him Tyler. You know why I said because he's earned now to be called Taylor. Before, nobody knew who he was. They didn't know if he was Taylor, Tyler. You know, who's this guy coming out of ODU? And once again, his number is called. Carson Wentz goes down, he's hurt. He fractured that finger. And then Taylor Heineke's number is called. And let me tell you why folks like Taylor Heineke in Washington, because he gets the job done. It might not be the prettiest. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, we always talk about his arm strength, but he's been able to get guys involved in this offense. You know, we love that his number one receiver is Scary Terry, one of the best but most underrated wide receivers right now in the football game. But also Taylor, again, he's able to get those first downs. He's been able to help This team fight for those third down conversions, help them control the time of possession. And Taylor, the guy that you have to like, because look how he's helped to turn this team around. This is a team, as you mentioned, they won six of the last seven games, and they really put up a fight against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins was almost not about to be wearing those chains around his neck after that game, obviously, you know, but the commander's just falling just short. But all of a sudden, you know, and the commanders are also a team, let's remember folks, that have so much that they're dealing with off of the football field. But Taylor Heineke has helped us focus on football in Washington. This is a Washington team that has been through a carousel of quarterbacks. And we keep saying that's the position we need to get right. But it feels like Washington hasn't got it right. Once again, Carson Wentz was supposed to be that answer. Folks, Carson Wentz right now is on the sideline for this Washington team. And actually one of Taylor Heineke's biggest supporters, which I think has also been very special for Taylor Heineke. But Taylor Heineke is able to air the ball out when needed. And he's able to protect the football. But that is the big question for Taylor Heineke. I think as we move forward. He's playing good football, but sometimes he forces that ball and it makes us scratch our head and he sometimes had those turnovers. If he's able to clean that up, I think Taylor Heineke can be the guy that Washington can rely on the rest of the season and let's just put to rest bringing Carson Wentz back in. He's making it work in Washington. The momentum is moving in Washington and right now fans have nothing but to be excited about Washington and the legend of Taylor Heineke. Some fans are calling him because what he's been able to do to get this offense moving and going. He deserves partial Credit for Washington's win streak and success thus far. All
0: right, final thoughts 15 seconds. The commanders win this game if fill the blanks.
4: If they can protect the football, folks, we can't have any turnovers. Also, the defense, we're going to need them to force turnovers. Kendall Fuller has had a turnaround season. If he can keep playing this great football and force a turnover to Daniel Jones, watch out for the commanders, folks, and they just might get into that P word, the playoffs, and lots of folks here in Washington will be very excited and happy for that.
0: Thank you for that, Kelsey. She said everything that we already know, guys. We've got to neutralize that commander's front line, uh, especially on that defensive line. All right, it's time for the predictions. Nice and tight on this one. Washington takeaways, 1.5. Go. They
2: haven't had many since t- t- Taylor Heineke's came in at quarterback. Uh, the Giants don't get many on their side, although they have had s- s- a lot of their turnovers in, in home games. I'm going to say, yes, the Giants make them turn the ball over more than one and a half times at home because the Giants have obviously done a good job there getting uh, two or more in four of their six home games. So I'll take the Giants over here.
1: I'll take over also. Um, I think they can get two turnovers. I think Heineke will put one up for them. Um, I think they can get a fumble somewhere. Uh, maybe something on special teams. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I'm I, you know, i I'm a little bullish on the Giants, and I think part of that is they can take the ball away. Uh, they don't do a great job of it. I don't think two is too much to ask.
0: Yeah, I got the over as well. I think it's going to come down to the floor of the game, the momentum. If the Giants can keep the momentum on their side, then instead of getting a pass deflection or a drop interception, they should be able to catch at least one, and then maybe Kayvon or one of the defensive linemen get to Heineke, strip sack, whatever. They're just going to need that. They're going to need takeaways uh, in this game Washington sacks 2.5 over over three sacks is um, um, you know not too much to
1: ask for this Washington front Um, you know Daniel is is um, gets the ball out but not he doesn't get the ball out quick like some other guys do. I think that's an over, and I think they can live with that. You know, as long as he doesn't fumble the ball, you know, Daniel Jones can be sacked three times and the Giants can win.
2: Yeah, he can. And and the Giants have given up a ton of sacks, as we know. Top 10 in the NFL and sacks given up 33. Not so fast this week, Paul. The Giants are going to block them up. I think they only get one. So I'm going to go under and trust Kafka's play calling and, you know, Daniel getting the
0: ball out quickly. You want the quick game. I'm going to have to go over on this one, and it's not a bad thing like Paul says. Daniel Jones doesn't really turn the ball over that much. He's not going to throw just because he has per- pressure in his face. I see him eating eating that, taking the sack, and, allowing, and ending that drive with some sort of kick, whether it be field goal or punt. All right, Washington rushing yards. They average hmm. around 121 a game. They've been running the ball a lot as of late uh times we'll start with you over under my Mind,
2: mind-blowing stat of the week in my studies the giants give up 168 yards a game rushing at home Ugh. wow that stinks Ugh. of course washington's gonna rush for over 121 yards
1: boy the stat i had lawrence was that they give up 139 a game but your stat is better because this is a home game home. right this this is a home game 168 yards
2: a game yeah
1: that's that's, that's a lot, pathetic. I, I mean it's it's pathetic um um, I'll say over to 121, I'll say over. And they, look, the Giants can win if they give up 125 rushing yards. Um, it depends on what's the average. You know what I mean? Let's get the average under four yeah. and the Giants have a better chance. They you know
0: have to have them run the ball there, but that's not a lot of yards and um, the Giants aren't very good at it. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I mean, that's just the commander's bread and butter. That's if they're going to try and control the tempo of the game, they're going to try to run the ball and keep uh, Heineke out of third down uh, situations because they're only completing around 36 37% of their third down conversions. It's just they don't want to get behind the chains, run the ball. Giants are bent, but don't break defense. All right, let's flip over to the Giants side of things. Giant sacks. We, Giant sacks. 1. I got your back. I got your back.
2: Taylor Heineke's only been sacked six times. Uh, last two games, none. But I feel something building here with the Z's coming back and the way Kayvon played last week against this outstanding Cowboys offensive line. I say over here, they're going to have to – Inside, outside, get after the quarterback. I'm going to say the Giants have more than one and a half sacks. Two sacks with the Giants? Absolutely. I mean, they, they go in. At,
4: yes,
1: yes. I mean, if they have any chance to win, absolutely. They're getting healthier. Look, Kayvon is getting close, right? We've been talking about we're tired of this getting close. He's got to, you know, hit the home run, things like that. He was really close against the Cowboys. Um, he'll 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 get a sack this week.
0: I guarantee you. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. And I wish we can count holding penalties as sacks. They that should be some sort of uh, new stat because if you if you're still getting 10 yards, you're going 10 yards back. That's a sack to me. But yeah, I'm going to go over Giants defensive line. They're they're there, but they haven't gotten there. I think this could be the game where they do that. And we're going to skip uh, Giants takeaways because we already did that. So we're going to end. And of course, my favorite, New York Giants receiver will have over or under 81 yards. Do we get an over or do we get an under on this one? Are we counting Odell Beckham in this um, category this <laughs> week or, or no? Um, um, Odell will get
1: 81, definitely. Um, um, no, I say under. I say under. Um, show me, right? Show me. Have, have, you know, who, who gets 81 yards? the Giants as a a receiver right now. So, um, look, they spread it around. Bellinger coming back, he'll take some of those yards away from the receivers, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Um, They're not volume receivers, so I'll say under.
2: I'll go over here. I mean, the way Slayton has kind of been projecting as the season's went on, he's getting better and better. I think some more deep shots here. I think people need to understand this, though. Washington is top 10 in pass, run, and scoring. This is a fantastic defense overall, not just this D-line that we've all been you know, salivating over this whole show. My God, let's move on. Anyway, yes, I say Slayton is my guy. I'm not even gonna name him.
0: Slayton's gonna go over 81 yards. I'm gonna go over because on this Darius Slayton redemption tour, he's been balling this year. He's been the big play guy, but let's take it back to last year where he dropped that would have been game winner against the Commanders at the Commanders. Here's a guy who, I mean he's he 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 went through the ringer when it came to Giants fans and we thought he was going to get cut, we thought he was going to be on the bubble, but now he is the go-to guy for this Giants pass game on this offense. I see at least two explosive plays from him and he wants the ball. I talked to him Tuesday. He wants the ball. He wants those deep shots. Let's see if Kendall Fuller follows him, but that speed, you got to put that speed on tape. All right, those those are our predictions. Now it's time to get into our final thoughts for the extra point. Paul, I'm going to go with you. and times, you finish finish us off. Final thoughts, Paul, going into this game on Sunday. I've been talking a lot about
1: Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones has more wins against Washington than, than any other team. He usually plays well against this franchise. Maybe it's the colors. Maybe it's the uniforms. I don't know what it is. I expect him to play well. I think the Giants will win. Um, and let's not forget, we've all been at that stadium in December, right? when the Giants are four and seven or worse instead of seven and four. And there's a lot of fans of the other team in there and it's a bad atmosphere and it just doesn't look good. And the parking lot's half full at kickoff. Um, That's not going to be the case this week. The weather's supposed to be fine. There'll be a lot more Giant fans there. They're not going to be giving their tickets away. So time for December home field advantage to finally come out kick us through.
2: Oh, no no prediction here. No score. Did you did you pick a team oh. or are you just, just oh. final thoughts or are you just trying to get um, off easy? Here? Um I'm pick, okay, Giants will
1: win. I think the Giants will okay. win and I will give a prediction of um it's a sloppy game like the Giants are always are as far as uh, 24-20. How about that? Giants oh. win 24-20.
2: Yeah, I like that. Listen, as we've we've talked about meaningful fo- meaningful football in December at MetLife Stadium, the Giants haven't had that One time in the last decade. So, this is important for a lot of reasons. Washington is a fantastic football team. We know Ron Rivera is a defensive minded guy, but this team is good, guys. They've played the toughest schedule in the NFC to date. They're seven and five. Having said that, the Giants are healthy. I think they get some reinforcements back. The Giants were a cute story when they were seven, you know, six and one, building up everyone. The Giants are a good football team when healthy. They just haven't been healthy. So, I think the Giants win this game. They get some momentum going as they get into the tough part of this schedule. I'm going to take a little bit lower than Paul here. I'm going to go like 2017, not necessarily a field goal uh, at the end, but the Giants will win by three. Another slugfest here in the NFC East against two good teams. And oh, by the way, the Giants play them again in two more weeks. So give me the Giants here at home.
0: I want to thank everyone for watching and listening to this episode of the Blue Rush Podcast, our New York Giants show. Please subscribe to Blue Rush on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow New York Post Sports and SNY's YouTube channels for all videos from Blue Rush. New episodes of the show drop Monday morning following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the week ahead. For Paul Schwartz, Lawrence Tynes, I'm Brandon London, and we're going to catch you guys on another episode of Blue Rush.